Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back and uh, so excited. Been waiting to uh, talk to our good friends. Been a while, but always a, a joy to have them when we get a chance to talk to them. And this time it's very, very special. Bishop E.W. Jackson's back with us, pastor, attorney, and now. Uh, 2024 GOP presidential candidate. He's also the founder of STAND, S-T-A-N-D, which is uh, standing true to American national destiny. He's the host of The Awakening, which is on the American Family Radio Network, the author of several books, including his latest one, Sweet Land of Liberty. And you can go to ewjacksonforpresident.com. There you go, ewjacksonforpresident.com. Bishop, good to see you again, friend. How are you? Very great. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> I got one question for you. Can I be your running mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm looking. I'm in the market. So you, you'll Here. be the first on the list. There you go. <laughs> Think what you and I could do, brother. <laughs> Why are you doing this? What, what got into you? <laughs> Look, Perry, I love this country, and I really believe that America is on the precipice, that we are about to either implode as a nation, and it may take a few years if we continue on this trajectory, but it is not going to be a pretty picture, and we're not going to be the constitutional republic that our founding fathers intended and that we've enjoyed over the last quarter of a millennium. Uh, and I've just felt that there's some things that other candidates are simply not going to say, like we're a Judeo-Christian nation. We need to come back to God. We need to come back to the, uh, the foundational idea that our rights and liberties come from God, not from man. We need to rebuild families in America as husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, and come away from all this gender-bending insanity that is infecting every institution of our culture. And, and frankly, we've got to get rid of all the racial division that is plaguing our country, that the Democrat Party is stoking, and come back to the vision of one nation under God, because I believe only then will we be indivisible and have liberty and justice for all. We're not going to get it through Black Lives Matter, through reparations, through diversity, equity, and inclusion offices. We're going to get it by coming back to the fundamental principles of who we are as a nation. A big amen. But at the meantime, uh, your black brothers in the Democratic Party have already attacked you for getting in. Oh, of course. And, and you know, you expect that. You know, I've said that the Democrat Party has not changed its spirit since the days of slavery because they were always about controlling people for their own personal power. And they're still doing the same thing. So as an American of African ancestry, their attitude is, I ought to toe the line. I ought to say what they want me to say, think the way they want me to think, behave the way they want me to behave. How dare I think independently? Well, that's the attitude of a, of a slave owner, a plantation master. That's not the attitude of people in a constitutional republic where we have freedom of speech and freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, the ability to chart our own course, if you will. The Democrats don't like that. They want collectivist thinking, and everybody's supposed to bow. And if you don't, they want to destroy you. So, Bishop, you're, you're in it. I mean, you're in it up to your eyeballs. This is, this is tough stuff. And how do, you, how do you hold to the fidelity of your faith while yet being po 
well, I guess you're being forced into politics and into the culture battle. How do you balance that? Well, look, as far as I'm concerned, they would call a person like me, someone who says, you know, marriage has historically, not only biblically and spiritually, but historically been a union between one man and one woman. That's an extremist position, uh, that life is sacred, that every one of us was conceived, every one of us developed in our mother's wombs, every one of us was born, that those children have as much right to live as you and I do. Oh, that's an extreme position. I, I really believe it's a mainstream position. I believe that the positions I hold as a Christian are really mainstream American, and they've what they've done is to change the goalposts, if you will, and alter the rules of the game so as to make their bizarre ideas mainstream and to make tradi traditional, con uh, just just basic common sense ideas are now extremist ideas. So look, in holding fast to my faith, as far as I'm concerned, I'm holding fast to what made America the greatest nation on earth. They are trying to destroy that. And I really believe that when the American people get to hear a clarion expression of where we really are and what it's really going to take to save our country, they will gravitate to me and to my candidacy. How did God call you to run? You said how or why? Both. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm, I'm not one of these people who, you know, expects God to come knock on your door and say, hey, let's sit down and have a talk. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really believe that God leads us through the convictions of our heart. And, you know, this idea continued to come back to me. Uh, as you know, I was on the radio on America. I'm not on. I had to resign from American Family Radio in order to run. Um, but for years, people would say, well, you ought to run for president. You, you, you ought to become president. And I would say, well, I wouldn't run, but my wife won't let me, uh, you know, jokingly playing it off. But, you know, it, God spoke to my heart and said that you, you ought to take people seriously. They, they see something. I actually had a woman say to me, and I'm not exaggerating, Perry. I had a woman say to me, I've been following you and I've been praying for 10 years that you would run for president of the United States, that you, would, you could become a president. And I thought, wow, that's, I mean, I, frankly, it, it almost knocked me over. Um, so I think God it speaks to us through circumstances, through convictions. And I finally realized that you, you always say you love this country. You always say you believe that America is one of the greatest gifts God has ever given. Well, now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. So I, I, I just ultimately realized this was a conviction of my heart. This was something I believe, really believe was the will of God for me at this time in my life. And so, uh, look, it wasn't an easy decision. I had to give up that radio program. I had to, to give up many things that mm -hmm. I've been doing in order to focus on this. But I really believe this is what the Lord would have me do. Good stuff. All right. Seventy three percent of Americans, at least one of the latest polls, say we're heading in the wrong direction. Sure. And that ought to be enough. For somebody like you that not only is faith-based, but also is traditional in values uh, to answer that call that we're heading in the wrong direction. Um, the, 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 the question I have is, Bishop, even people who are not faith-based sense we've went too far. They have sensed that this gender thing is baloney. Um, what's happening in education is horrible. Our economy is upside down. And right now, all they do is they see two leaders, President Trump and President Biden, being tied up with legal things. And they're going, what's the use? I think I'll just go home. We need a revival, don't we? 
oh, we we need a revival. We need an awakening. And that's why the general theme of my campaign is America must come back to God. We must come back to the Judeo-Christian principles that made America the greatest nation on earth. You know, I, I encourage people, Perry, to pause for a second and realize we are 4.25% of the world's population. We produced most of the world's inventions, most of the world's technological innovations. We have produced the highest standard of living of any nation on earth. We have had the greatest military on earth, although now China's breathing down our necks. I mean, in every way, we have had the best education. We have produced the most at, uh, accomplished students. Again, that's changing as our values have changed. We, we, we've been at the forefront and we've got to stay there. How do we, Bishop, how did we become so divided? How did this happen to us? Oh, I, I think it's planned. I think that the people who want to transform this nation from a constitutional republic based on individual liberty to a collectivist construct in which certain people get to call all the shots. As I said, they want control over everything and everybody. And if you doubt that, just look at how they behaved during COVID. Look at how quickly they were committed to the idea we will now control everything and we will now control everybody. And they seem to revel in it. I think this has been going on for 100 years. I think it went on as communism infiltrated the country during World War II and Stalin. I think it continues to go on as the left has infiltrated our colleges, our universities, even our, our public schools, our corporate offices are now imbued with a Marxist ideal because people have convinced so many Americans, America's wrong, America's unjust, America's white supremacist, America's systemically racist, America's sexist. Instead of looking at all the wonderful things this country has done and represents, they want to convince people that America needs to be fundamentally transformed, and they've been working on it for quite some time. And it's time we, we've got to put a stop to it because if we don't, they're going to they're going to basically lead us right off the cliff. Do you think we've hit that wall? We've hit that wall where a lot of us have been asleep. A lot of us has just been the frog in the pot. But we woke up now and realized over the last two years, there may very well be agenda behind this, and we very well may be at the cliff's edge. Do you think we're there? I think we are close to being there. And, and again, you asked me, why am I running? One of the reasons why I'm running is I believe that someone has got to say the things that other candidates will not say. I think someone has got to say, look, you don't hate people because you believe the way they live is sin. And you don't hate the world because you believe that you ought to put America first, that you ought to take care of our concerns, our people first. That's not hatred. It's not xenophobia. It's not racism. It's common sense. And anybody who claims that we're racist and xenophobic for that reason, here I am to say, I find that to be supremely wise because in the same way, if you said, look, I've got to look out for my own household, I didn't say, well, why do you hate your neighbor? <laughs> well, you don't hate your neighbor because you are responsible for your own household and you want to look out for your own household first and you don't want to help your neighbor where you can, but you can't help your neighbor at the expense of seeing your own family starve or your own family hurt. Somebody's got to say the hard truths uh, that it's not racist to close our border and say you can't come into our country as an illegal immigrant. It's not anti-Hispanic. 
And it's not homophobic or xenophobic to say that homosexuality, the Bible teaches is sin, that it's wrong. I don't hate homosexuals. I don't hate transgenders, but I don't want to be punished because I hold to a biblical worldview about these things. I think the American people feel harassed and bullied and pushed and pulled. And I do think that they're close to the edge and saying, okay, enough is enough. Somebody's got to give voice to this and give the American people hope that this is going to end. Or frankly, my view, Perry, is it could end in violence. Uh, Boy, I was going to go there, but I'll come back to that. I think you're spot on. But let me ask you this. Uh, Part of it is, uh, Bishop, that people of faith have been um, described as people of hate because we oppose this agenda. And in an order to be benevolent and loving and Christ-like, we just cow down to it. Uh, And I'm thinking maybe our biggest struggle is within the faith community is we just don't know how to respond anymore. We are guilty of everything that they are saying. Say We are accused of being guilty of everything they're accusing us of when really all that it is is us standing up for our faith. You know, and, and, and the sad thing is, and I want to commend all of those courageous pastors out there who are standing up and applying the word of God and standing up for their faith in the public square. But, you know, part of the problem is that there are just a lot of cowardly preachers out there who will not stand up, won't even stand up for their own people whose children are being indoctrinated into this gender identity garbage. They won't even stand up for them. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for Christians across this country to stand up and say, look, again, we don't hate anybody. We've got the love of God in our hearts toward people. We want to be a blessing. We want to help people. But don't tell me that I've got to accept whatever you want to do. And if I don't accept what you want to do, even with my own children, that I'm somehow a hater or, or as the Justice Department put it, I'm a domestic terrorist because I dare stand up for my children's rights. I think we've just got to unapologi- uh, unapologetically and uncompromisingly say, look, this is where we stand. You can say about me what you want to say, but I'm going to continue to stand up for what is right, speak the truth in love, but, un- but, but refuse to back down because I know that truth is truth, right is right, and I'm not buying into all this moral and cultural relativism that the left is trying to, to sell us. All right, let me take a quick break. So honored to have with us today Bishop E.W. Jackson. He's a pastor. He's an attorney. And now he's a candidate for president of the United States. You can go to ewjacksonforpresident.com. Check that out. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. An honor to have with us today Bishop E.W. Jackson. He's a pastor and attorney. Now he's a candidate for president of the United States. He's the founder of STAND, S-T-A-N-D, standing, or excuse me, staying true to America's national destiny. He's the host of The Awakening uh, on the American Family Radio Network, but that's been a little bit postponed now because he's a candidate, so I get that. He has to come off the air. And check out his book, The Sweet Land of Liberty. And there is a picture of the book right there on the screen. 
Sweet Land of Liberty. His uh, website is ewjacksonforpresident.com. Bishop, um, listen to this. Corporate America, education, um, entertainment, media, medical, have all been impacted by wokeness and have in yeah. some way collapsed to it. And in the last two years, 17 major denominations around the world had divided over it. The wokeness is entrenched at a level that we are very uncomfortable with. 73% don't like it. What can a president do to turn that around? Well, first of all, you've got the biggest bully pulpit in the world when you're president of the United States and you get to speak to people. Uh, and I've said that the next president needs to be not only a political leader, but a cultural leader. And we've got to explain to people what American culture is, why it's important to preserve it, and what we've got to do to preserve it. Uh, but on a, on a strictly political and legal basis, uh, as president, I would appoint, for example, Matt Staver as attorney general. And I would make clear that the Justice Department's prime objective is to defend the civil liberties and rights of the American people. You no longer have a Justice Department that's going to label American parents domestic terrorists because they stand up for the rights of their children. The Justice Department would be defending the rights of, of those parents and the rights of their children. Uh, it would be defending the rights of Christians, Jews, anybody who is discriminated against in the workplace because they simply don't want to hear a traditional viewpoint and your promotions are denied or your job is taken away from you or your business is attacked because you don't want to bake a cake, gay wedding cake or you don't want to photograph uh, a so-called gay wedding. Uh, the American people's fundamental rights are, have been under assault now for really the last decade. It's accelerated over the last several years. And I would turn the power of the Justice Department to the defense of those liberties instead of attacking them. Wow. Um, what would you do about inflation? Well, for one thing, stop printing and borrowing and spending money. I mean, I would, I would immediately look at a plan to stop additional spending, put a moratorium on additional spending until we get a handle on our budget. I mean, we've gone from a government that was designed to defend and protect and secure the rights of the American people and to, and to act based on the basis of only limited and enumerated powers to a government that now thinks any good idea that anybody comes up with, it, it should spend the American people's money and implement it and do it. I mean, this is Joe Biden. I'm going to forgive student loans. Well, where, where's the constitutional authority for that come from? Uh, I'm going to finance all kinds of exotic ideas about LGBTQ and, and, uh, and, and with regard to, to climate change. I mean, where's the authority come from to expend taxpayer dollars on all of these exotic ideas. I think these things were meant to be debated and discussed in the public square and decided by the American people, not have the federal government impose these things on us at the cost now of $32 trillion in debt. Uh, we, we've got to stop the spending, stop the borrowing. We need to do an audit of the Fed and, uh, and, and find out what they're really doing and how they're really affecting our economy. We're going at 1% now. Mm -hmm. we, we ought to be going at 4 to 6%. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's really the key to getting out of the debt that we're in. We got to grow our way out of it. We're, we're, we certainly are never, we're going to spend our way into oblivion if we continue down this path. Uh, the border. Oh, and, and, and by the way, one other thing. Energy independence. We, we got to establish energy independence. We should be a net exporter of energy, not a net importer. What would you do about the border crisis? I just left the border last week. I spent two days on the border touring it, and I have several prescriptions for dealing with the border. Number one, we got to give these Border Patrol agents who are completely demoralized the staffing that they need, the equipment that they need to do their jobs and set them loose from being social workers and bureaucrats processing paperwork and basically violating their oath to the Constitution and to their job to defend and protect our border and stop people from coming to now basically what they're, they're ushers. They're simply ushering people in. So that's number one. Number two, a zero tolerance policy. If you cross our borders, you come to our country illegally, you intentionally overstay your visa, you are disqualified from ever becoming an American citizen. If you can't obey our laws in coming here, we, we certainly don't need you to be an American citizen. And number three, I would put a, let people know, no matter who you are, if you come here illegally, you will never rest because we're going to hunt you down and deport you. We're going to have a, a policy of 100% deportation of illegal immigrants. Will we get them all? No. But we'll send this message. If you're here and you're an illegal immigrant, you might as well go home because they're never going to stop looking for you and they're never going to stop hunting for you until they found you and, and deported you from this country. And last but certainly not least, I'm proposing a constitutional amendment to end the anchor baby uh, uh, scandal, frankly, and to say, if you are born in America, you are only an American citizen if you have a biological parent who is also an American citizen. We've got China sending people here to have babies, women to have babies, so they become American citizens. Uh, we, this, is, this anchor baby business is a scandal. And particularly for me, as an American of African ancestry, the 14th Amendment was passed to assure that the Africans who were brought here as slaves and their heirs were citizens, period, full stop. It was not intended to have this abuse of the system and having people become anchor themselves by getting here in time to have a baby here that automatically becomes an American citizen. And I believe the American people would pass such a constitutional event. Okay, I'm running out of time, but quickly, what would you do with our greatest adversary, China? Look, I would have a very serious talk with Xi Jinping and tell him there's a new sheriff in town and the days of America bowing and kowtowing to China are over. Uh, I would seek to establish an independent manufacturing base apart from China, stop depending upon them for our medical supplies, even some of our munitions. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, we've got plenty of allies where we can establish manufacturing bases and we can bring some of that manufacturing home as well for our own people. And then I would absolutely get rid of all the wokeness. I'd close every DEI office in every governmental agency, including the military, and say the military has one mission, military preparedness to defend our sovereignty, our security, and the safety of the American people. That's all we are going to be focusing on. And I would update our nuclear arsenal and send the message to the world. America wants peace with everyone, but if you want to attack America, you will be a, pay a price that from which you will never recover. Wow. All right. Um, 
Sweet Land of Liberty. Bishop, what, what do you want people to take away from your book? Sweet Land of Liberty, the subtitle is Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. What I try to do is address this idea that America is systemically racist, America's white supremacist, and to make the point that as an American who's descended from people who were slaves, I am grateful to God every day of my life that I'm here. I know my ancestors paid a terrible price, but the institution of slavery was not an American institution. It was a worldwide institution. It's over. It ended 150 years ago. It is time to take advantage of the wonderful opportunity that we have to be Americans and to use every tool that's been given to us to make our lives better, the lives of our families better, and to make our country a better place by coming together as one nation under God instead of the tribalism and the racial division that the Democrat Party is trying to push on the country. Wow. All right. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, uh, EWJacksonForPresident.com is the website, EWJacksonForPresident.com. Check out his uh, book, Sweet Land of Liberty. And uh, there is a picture of the cover of the book, Sweet Land of Liberty. And then there's the bishop's picture on that, E.W. Jackson. Check that out. And uh, quickly, what is STAND? What are you doing with STAND these days? The acronym is Staying True to America's National Destiny. That's where STAND comes from. STAND's goal, its mission, is to bring Americans together across racial and cultural lines to uphold our Judeo-Christian values and principles, our Constitution, and our free market system. Uh, and so we are working constantly on these issues. Right now, we got a big project called the Forgotten Children Project. 355 children have been murdered in the inner city since the defund the police movement began. Wow. And we want to point that out to the American people right. so that we can work together on solving that problem. StandAmerica.us is the website. All right. E.W. Jackson for president, the other website. Uh, Bishop, good to see you. Thank you for your time. Look forward to connecting Thank you, with Perry. you. Put me on the short list. I want to run with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Perry. You got it. Uh, see you. See you later. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.